Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. I'm excited, though, to share with you this morning for just the moments that we have together. We're in a series called Off the Grid, where we've been looking in to, to learn from, from God's voice. How do we hear God's voice? A few weeks last week, we talked about how do we filter God's voice when there's decisions that we need to make. How can we look at God's word, but also how can we know that we are in alignment with what God is speaking to us? How do we, we dive into that? And so today I want to talk to you uh, around this idea of restoring rest. Restoring rest. Now, I don't know if you know this. It's kind of a foreign concept, um, but there's this idea of a vacation. It's where you take like four days, five days, six days, however many it may be, and you just go somewhere. You don't have to wear a mask You can fly and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Maybe some of you like to go to the beach. Do we have any beach people here this morning? Oh, we got a lot of beach people. Okay. Any campers? You just like to go out in the woods and not look at anyone? Okay. A few of you there as well. Anybody like to just like go to Europe? You can go to places like that. You like to travel across. Maybe to our friends up in the north like to go to Canada. Maybe do some elk hunting or something. I don't know. Whatever you would do there. Maybe you're somebody who likes to go on a cruise, which is basically a floating Petri dish, right? I mean, that's... Even more so now than it's ever been. And with this the whole idea, though, of a vacation, why, why do we take them? We take them to rest. We take a vacation to go off the grid, if you will, to get away, to vacate the place where we are in order to sort of unplug, right? We want to just get away from the noise of this world. We want to rest. Like, no one's taking a vacation like I just want to get busier on this vacation today. Like, I can't wait to just get busier during vacation. That doesn't happen. But if you're anything like me, I mean, first, personally, my my vacation would be playing as much golf as I possibly could. It would just be amazing. And that's what I would do. But I would get home off of this amazing golf vacation. And what would I say? Man, I need a vacation from my vacation, right? Am Am I the only one who says that? No, it's because the reality is that we might vacate physically, but we have hard time actually taking a real rest to just stop and to just get away, actually getting away. And there's nothing wrong with vacations. By the way, if you're going on one and you just feel like inviting two more people, my wife and I, we're down. Like, let's go. Let's make it happen. It's going to be awesome. But it's when we get so focused in on something that we created as humans as a vacation, instead of focusing in on the one who created everything in the first place. We need to focus in on our creator. I would just venture to say this morning that the reason why we all want a vacation from our vacation is because we really don't know how to rest. We don't even know how to stop. In fact, the organization Glassdoor, uh, they did a study in 2014. Check this out. 61% of people said that they worked on vacation. On paid time off, you took it to get away, but we still worked. 61%. And by the way, that number, it's not getting any better. Three years later in 2017, the same kind of study, that number rose now to 66% of people are working on vacation. When you're trying to rest, we're still 
connected. We're still working. We're still doing things. When we're away, we can't even get away. And it's not slowing down. That number might even be up higher now, even just three years later. And there's no wonder why we're so stressed. It's no wonder why the depression rates are, are so up. It's no wonder why we're tired, we're exhausted. We're just wondering, when's the next time I can catch my breath? Can we even imagine what it would look like to not just go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, thinking about what's to come, but also thinking about what just happened and just not even really even being fully present in the moment because we're so focused on this go, 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 go lifestyle. Can we even imagine what it would look like to do that? I think you would agree with me this morning that if we are going to restore rest back into our lives, we need to rethink rest. We need to rethink what it looks like to rest. Now, restoring rest, and today, I'm not saying that Elevate Church is starting a group's ministry of napping, right? There's no small group, by the way, that's opening tomorrow. There's no small groups that are bringing people napping. That would be really weird. It could be a little bit refreshing, but it would be a little bit weird if you just showed up at somebody else's house and took a nap. Don't do that. There's no naps Ministry, And I know that for some of you, depending on your background, depending on how you grew up and maybe what church or no church that you went to, you might hear of words like Sabbath. You might hear words of rest and you might honestly tense up a little bit. You might even think, oh, that's a little bit rigid. That's a little bit of too much structure, Will. That's a little bit more of like a ritual than it is actually a rest. I believe though, that just as the Bible tells us that God who was creating everything in Genesis, what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. So in the same sense, the God who does not need to sleep, who does not need rest, actually rested. He actually stopped. And actually in the same motion, he created rest in that same moment as well. It's been woven into the DNA of our world since the very beginning. I believe today that no matter what you walked into this room with, no matter how you tuned in online, what your idea of restoring rest is, I believe that if we lean in today, we will radically change how our lives are lived if we would just restore rest. Now, let me be completely clear and honest with you. You can absolutely reject everything I say today. And you might be okay. Like you might live a great life. You might be ultra successful. Your business could just boom. You might be able to do all these things and just have this crazy rush and go, go, go lifestyle and you might be okay. Studies would show that you'll probably die sooner. You're gonna come down with an illness or have some kind of sickness, but you'll probably be okay. But let me ask you this. Is that really what you want? To just be okay? Is that what God would want for you to just live a life that's, okay, caught up in this go, go, go lifestyle. You might say, hey, that's, this is normal, Will. Yeah, that was, you know, thousands of years ago where those words were written about resting and about stopping and whatever. The world is different now, but can we reject what the world is saying if the, what the world is saying is not healthy for us? Can we just reject that idea of living a normal life if it's not what God has called us to live? To live a life now that's based on calling and conviction and not on normalcy and addiction because we are all addicted to the rush. We're addicted to 
the rush. With the advancements that we have in technology, we've got planes, trains, automobiles, right? Hyperloops and everything else that's going on. And I'm not saying any of that's bad. Like, I would rather travel by plane than by car. I would rather travel by car than by donkey. And if you see me walking somewhere, do not drive by. You better pick me up because it ain't good. Like, I shouldn't be walking. I love my 2007 Camry. Rides just like a Maserati with a little bit more rust on it. Like, it's a good thing. I love all that stuff. But it's when we get so focused in and we forget to rest. I'm challenging you today. I'm actually challenging me today as well to take a stand for rest and not take a stand for the rush. We look at the lifestyle of Jesus. We look at the life of Jesus. We see that even when we read scripture, we're like, oh, he went from here to there. He's in Capernaum and now he's in Nazareth. And now he's going across the Sea of Galilee and he's feeding these thousands of people and he's feeding those thousands of people and he's casting out demons and he's healing people's mothers and raising Lazarus up, up from the dead. And he's just doing all of these things. Like that's what he did. No, no, no. Inside of every single one of those miracles was a moment where he rested. And we look sometimes and we like to see the life of Jesus and we're like, oh, I love these five things that Jesus did. And I can rally around that and we forget to look at the lifestyle of Jesus. And the lifestyle of Jesus was one that was slowed down. It was rested. He, he takes a deep breath. Today is not going to be a solution for any unsustainable rhythm that you have in your life. You need to know that. Restoring rest is actually going to expose some things in your life that are idols, that you've made idols, that you didn't even know were idols, like the, the sugar high of being busy, the priorities that are all out of alignment. That's what today is going to expose. But even if our motives are good and we're still going, 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 and we're seeing all the, the things we're able to do and we're serving the Lord, right? We're doing all this stuff, but we can still take moments to rest in that. This church, not just today, but this church is built not just for you to survive. We don't want you just to survive. I just spit all over the place. We want you to thrive, to reach your full potential in Christ. That's what we exist for, to help you know who God is and reach your full potential in Christ, not just to survive. We want you to thrive. So how can we live a life in the, the midst of a life of restlessness, how can we live a life that's filled with restfulness? We can look at what Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna read you five verses of scripture and then we're gonna kind of pick, pick a, a part of it here uh, over the rest of our time together. It says this in Matthew 11, starting in verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me and no one truly knows the Son except the Father. And no one truly knows the Father except the Son and to those to this, whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So if we're gonna restore rest back into our lives, we're gonna have a rhythm of rest back into our lives. What do we need to do? We need to look at the very first verse here and have a spirit of humility. 
We need to have humility back into our lives. We'll look at the very first verse in verse 25. Jesus is praying a prayer, and if you don't know anything about prayer, one of the best things that you can do is pray a prayer the way that Jesus does, which is giving thanks to the Father for what he does for us. But he says this, you're hiding things from those who think themselves wise and clever. In other words, for those the people who think they've got it all together, who just know, I got this, I can take care of this, and I know what to do, and I know exactly what's going to happen. He, Jesus says that the Father hides things from them, but what does he do? He reveals them to the childlike. We see all throughout scripture, there's moments and times where children are referenced because children are generally at the, the core, the center of all things spiritually. Like think about this. What does it look like to have childlike humility? Like you're going over to a friend's house or going over to someone's house that you know and, and you're gonna have dinner with them. Like little Joey, 10 years old, ain't showing up with some sweet potato casserole, right? He's just showing up. He's gonna sit at the table. He's expecting everything to be provided for him. He won't even clean up afterwards. He's going to eat and just leave it there, right? Unless you train them up in the way that they should go. What does it look like to have that childlike humility? It looks like just being open, coming and just expecting it to be provided for you because that's what the Father does. He provides things for us. If we want to restore rest into our lives, we need to bring nothing to the table. We need to bring nothing to the table, expecting that it's going to be provided. What this looks like is re recognizing that we are not in control. The reason why we don't have a spirit of humility in the areas of our lives is because we think we've got control. We're the wise and the clever. We think we got it all taken care of. But the reality is, is that we are not in control. If anything over this pandemic in the last six months has made you realize that you are not in control, it's that. You are not in control. So then why do we still act like we are? We know we're not in control. We're in this constant hurry, this constant rush. And we just think that, you know, there's somebody on the throne. It's not you. And it's not me. There's a king on the throne. His name is Jesus. And we are not there. We are not in control. So can we just stop acting like we're the center of the universe and that if we stop, the world would stop, right? Because obviously the world tried to stop over these last six months and guess what? The world kept going. We can stop and it's going to be okay. Maybe you're like me and you're just like, I've, I've lived this life of I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? Which by the way is the dumbest rally cry you could have for your life. That is so dumb. You don't want that rally cry. That's a terrible rally cry. But we just have this life of go, go, go. And I think one of the greatest things, not actually one of the worst things, but one of the greatest tools of the enemy is not to just pull you away from Jesus, but to make you busy. To make you busy. That's like, next thing you know, and by the way, we love being busy, right? Like, we'll post about it on social media. It's 7 a.m., I'm at the gym, hashtag no days off, have to, hashtag uh, back up on my grind, and yeah, that's a 100-pound weight right there just for the photo, but I'm a little bit sweaty. You see that tricep popping? Next thing you know, I'm at work, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and we live a life that's so busy, and we wear busyness like it's a badge of honor. But the reality is that busyness is not a badge of honor. It's the reality that we don't trust God enough in the area that we're busy in. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Where are you struggling to trust God? 
Where are you struggling to trust God? That area that just came to your mind when I said that is probably the area you aren't putting enough trust into him for, which is the same area that you're stressing out about the most, the same area that you're tired about the most. It's the same area that you're probably the most exhausted in. It's that same area, and that's the indicator for us, that if we don't trust God enough in that area, whether it be finances, relationships, jobs, whatever it may be, that's where we're going to be the most stressed in. We need to restore rest. We love answering the question, how have you been with busy? Like, that's a great answer. It's not. It's not a great answer. If I ask you in the lobby after church today, for those of you that are here, how have you been? And you say busy? Come on, don't say that. Tell me how you've actually been. And it's okay to say, I've been tired. I'm exhausted. But you need to look at that question and say, where have I been struggling to trust God? It's probably in that same exact area that you're thinking about right now. And that's what we can look at. We can restore rest with humility when we recognize that we're not in control. When we come to the table, not with sweet potato casserole, but we come to the table with nothing. And we just enter into this place. So we need to come with humility, a spirit of humility, but where do we need to go? We need to go to Jesus. We just need to go to Jesus. We see this in verse 20. He tells us, Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So are you tired? Are you burned out? Are you exhausted? Are you wondering, when am I ever gonna catch my breath. All the stuff going on in the world, the disasters, the, obviously the virus and racial tensions and hurricanes and bombings and senseless killings and all the stuff going on in your family. Are you tired? Are you burned out? Wondering when it's all gonna end? He says, come to me. Get away with me. Spend time with me. Look how relational this is. He just wants you to spend time with him. There's so much power in that. And come to me. Spend time with me. If we crave rest, if our souls crave rest, then we need to go to Jesus. Let me get super practical here. The text doesn't say, are you tired? Do you need rest? Go on a vacation. Doesn't say that. Also doesn't say sleep in. Doesn't even say, uh, you know, take the whole day off and have some of your favorite chocolate chip cookie dough, Ben and Jerry's ice cream and watch 15 episodes of the Netflix. Of the Netflix of The Office. That's what it would be. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say any of those things. It doesn't say, hey, this is your favorite home renovation TV show. You should watch that. What if we stopped focusing so much in on the 10 episodes of what somebody else is doing in their house and let God do something in our house? If we just go to Jesus. We can take as many 24-hour days off that we want. 
We can take as many periods of time off that we want and we might not ever find true rest if we don't go to Jesus. What does this look like? It looks like spending time with him. It looks like reading his word. It looks like taking real time to pray. Not just, would you bless this meal, but actually begging God for whatever it is that you're caring about, whatever stressor, wherever you're the most tired out. It actually looks like coming to before him with that. We just ended this week of prayer and fasting and it was an amazing time as Josiah was talking about. Maybe you're like, I don't want that to end. Or I didn't even know that started. How do I do that? And put a rhythm of that into your life. Maybe next month you just right now schedule out a time that says I'm gonna fast and pray for these three days. I'm gonna still go do some other stuff but I'm gonna make sure I'm, I'm spending time with God during this time frame. Maybe you wanna spend another week of prayer and fasting, waking up a little bit early. And hey, that can be tough, but you would do it for a vacation. You would do it for other things that you like. Why wouldn't you do it for the God who wants to save your soul, who wants to help you? I, I know this without a doubt, that if you spend more time with God, he will radically change your life than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Let me ask you this. Where are you looking for rest? Where are you struggling to trust God, but where are you looking for rest? And is that satisfying your soul? Is that next TV show going to satisfy your soul? Is that next time going to satisfy your soul? Where are you looking for rest? We need to be humble. We need to come to the table with nothing. And we need to know that when we go there, we need to go to Jesus. And just like he always does, he comes back with a promise. I want to read this to you. When we restore rest in our lives, we receive a promise. And in verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and you carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. There's a promise that when we go to Jesus, what will he do? He will give us rest. There's actually three promises in, in this two verses of scripture. There's the one that when we go, he will give us rest. We're going to find it. We're going to find it when we come into, into this relationship with Jesus. But there's also another promise that he's going to go through it with us. He's just like, hey, hey, come to me. Come to me. I want to help you through this. And I'm going to carry even part of the burden with you. We see, see though, he talks about a yoke. Now, I don't know if there's any farmers in the room or those of you joining online are, are farmers. But a yoke was this old piece of machinery that they would take you know, two oxen or two animals and they would put them together kind of like over their shoulders, if you will. If oxen have shoulders, I don't actually know. But they put over them. And what it would do is connect them. They would share in the weight, but it would also help them keep on a straight path. Jesus is saying, if you come to me, we're gonna connect and I'm gonna carry the weight. It's gonna go well for you because I'm gonna help carry the weight. The yoke will be easy. The burden's gonna be light. And there's the promise that we're gonna find rest in Jesus. There's promise that we're not alone in this and that he is going to carry the burden with us. In fact, he'll even take the burden from us. We don't have to carry it alone. We don't have to, to go through this alone. We restore rest by humbly 
with a full spirit of humility, going to Jesus, not bringing anything to the table, but just entering into this relationship with him. The, all the other reality of this is that's actually gonna take some work. Like we have to actually try hard to rest. You know that there's some blank space in your calendar coming up. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's weeks from now, but you're like, yeah, yeah, I got some time in my calendar. The route is, is that if we don't fill it with a physical rhythm of rest, somebody else is gonna fill it with something else, right? And we're gonna be busy and busy and busy. And what happens? We're gonna be stuck in the same cycle of being exhausted. So I wanna encourage you to find physical rhythms of rest so that you can have spiritual true rest. That you can rest, you can come to Jesus. And this like visual that we have of restoring rest back into our lives, of humbly going before the Father, going to Jesus and, and just going to him, spending time with him is exactly the picture of the good news of Jesus. Because when we have a spirit of humility, we expect and we receive the work of another on our behalf. And when we have a relationship with Jesus by going to him, we get to be with him. And we actually receive the promise on the other end as well, that we get to be with him. We get to have him in our, our lives. We get to spend time with him. And it's the most beautiful thing that we could ever gather around. It's the most beautiful thing that we could ever remind ourselves of every single day. And as we remind ourselves of the work that Jesus has done for us, not because we earned it or deserved it. When we remind ourselves of that, we continuously come back to Jesus. We continuously come back to him with the spirit of humility because the reality is, is we didn't do anything for it. We came right to him and we also received the promise is that he's gonna walk through it with us. He's gonna walk through this life with us. So wherever it is that we're struggling to trust him in, that if we tell him that and we, we start to let go of that control, he's gonna walk us through that situation and he'll show up in ways that we can never even imagine that he would show up. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna pray in just a moment. We're gonna respond through another song of worship. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? In this series, we've done this all along. We've just created some intentional space for us to get away, to go to Jesus, to spend time with him in worship. It's really one of the best ways that we can respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you is by responding in worship, by maybe lifting your hands and just coming to the Father, stepping into to his presence. But I also recognize in this moment that there are some of you that are here in the room and some of you that are online that you've been hearing about this talk of a relationship with Jesus and you're like, I never knew that. I didn't even know that I could have a relationship with him and I, I had this different picture of who he was. I didn't realize I could walk into a relationship with him, that I could actually go to him. I wanna let you know that no matter what you brought into this room or online today, whatever it is, that God loves you. That God sees you in your pain. He sees you when you're tired. He sees you when you're exhausted. He sees you when you're, you're weary and you're, you're burned out in whatever situation it is. 
He has a desire to restore a relationship with you. And you realize that you've never come to the Father, that you've never stepped into the, the presence and had that realization. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world, that God so loved you, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for us, but to be risen again to new life so that we can have this right relationship that Jesus, who came on this earth, lived a perfect and sinless life, who was beaten, he was crucified, he even hung on a cross, he was buried, but he rose again for you. He rose again for me. And because of that, we can have a new life in and through him. That we have a new and a right relationship with, with God because of what Jesus has done. Right now, I want to give you some language. My, my role in this moment is to, to guide you along just like that yoke. To guide you along in this path to God. I want to give you some language to help you. But what matters is that stirring in your spirit right now, that feeling you feel about this relationship with Jesus that you never really knew about before, what matters is that you respond, that you believe in what, you, what you're feeling, that you want to come to Jesus. But I'm going to give you some language. You can repeat after me. You can whisper it. You can yell it out. It does not matter. Wherever you are, just know this, that God hears you. God knows you. He knows your pain. And that's why he sent Jesus. So you can pray something like this. Say, Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you've died for me, but you were risen again to new life for me. I know that I've sinned. And I'm sorry. But today I turn and I choose to follow you. With all that I am, Jesus, I come to you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, we want to celebrate you. In this moment, we're going to worship. We're going to respond back to God. We're going to respond. And maybe for those of you, that was just the first time that you're going to ever really be able to walk into this, bringing nothing to the table because of the decision that you just made. But I want to pray over every single one of you in this time, this, this moment where we have stuff going on. I just want to encourage you just to get away with God this morning, to be in his presence. So would you stand with me as I pray over you before we worship God? We thank you for these minutes and these moments, God, that we can share. Father, we come before you with boldness and are asking you to restore rest again into our lives. We need you, Jesus. We come with a spirit of humility, just with nothing, but just to come to you. Would faith rise up in us enough to have the peace that you want us to have? Father, we don't want to care about the things that you don't want us to care about anymore. So Father, I'm asking that you, you set us free. That the stressors, the things that we're exhausted about, the things that are, are holding us down, that we would just finally let them go and give up control and come to you. Would faith rise up in us again to come to you, Jesus? We thank you for your promises of rest. 
the promise that you will, will not leave us and the promise that you will help carry us and, and free us from the things that are holding us back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.